Romans revolt against the king. First consuls elected. Neighboring cities make war on Romans. Romans establish republic. Now these would be the headlines if you lived in the city of Rome around the year 510 BC. I'm Jack Lemoyne of History Moments at historyweblog.com. This podcast is for busy people on the go. A short and tiny, teeny-weeny, itsy-bitsy history break. The biggest events written by eyewitnesses or great writers or the best historians. Today's moment is by Henry G. Liddell from A History of Rome. All aboard! And King Tarkin, with his sons Titus and Aaron's, went into exile and lived in Kerry in Euturia. But Sextus fled to Gambi, where he had before held rule, and the people of Gambi slew him in memory of his former cruelty. So L. Tarquinius Superbus was expelled from Rome after he had been king five and twenty years. And in memory of this event was instituted a festival called the Regifugium, or Fugalia, which was celebrated every year on the 24th day of February. To gratify the plebeians, the patricians consented to restore, in some measure at least, the popular institutions of King Servius, and it was resolved to follow his supposed intention with regard to the supreme government. That is to have two magistrates elected every year who were to have the same power as the king during the time of their rule. These were in after days known by the name of consuls, but in ancient times they were called praetors or judges. They were elected at the great assembly of centuries, and they had sovereign power conferred upon them by the assembly of the curies. They wore a robe edged with a violet color, sat in their chairs of state called curial, curule chairs, and were attended by twelve lectors each. These lectors carried fasces, or bundles of rods, out of which arose an axe, in token of the power of life and death possessed by the councils as successors of the kings. But only one of them had a right to this power, and in token thereof his colleagues' fasces had no axes in them. Each retained this mark of sovereign power, imperium, for a month at a time. The first consuls were Junius Brutus and Tarquinius Calatinus. The new consuls filled up the Senate to the proper number of 300, and the new senators were called conscripti, while the old members retained their old names of patris. And so after this, the whole Senate was addressed by speakers as patris conscripti, but in later times it was forgotten that these names belonged to different sorts of persons, and the sole Senate was addressed by as by one name, Patris Conscripti, with no comma in between them, between those two words. The name of the king was hateful, but certain sacrifices had always been performed by the king in person, and therefore, to keep up form, a person was still sh- chosen with the title of Rex Sacrorum, or Rex Sacrificulus, to perform these offerings. But even he was placed under the authority of the chief pontifex. Pontifex. I'm used to using the word pontiff, like uh, that's where the name of the 
pope comes from, when they call him the supreme pontiff, comes from that old Latin word pontifex. Back to, uh, back to my reading. After his expulsion, King Tarkin sent messengers to Rome to ask that his property should be given up to him, and the Senate decreed that his prayer should be granted. But the king's ambassadors, while they were in Rome, stirred up the minds of the young men and others who had been favored by Tarkin, so that a plot was made to bring him back. Among those who plotted were Titus and Tiberius, the sons of the consul Brutus, and they gave letters to the messengers of the king. But it chanced that a certain slave hid himself in the place where they met, and overheard them plotting. And he came and told the thing to the consuls, in other words, he ratted them out, and who seized the messengers of the king with the letters upon their persons, authenticated by the seals of the young men. The culprits were immediately arrested, but the ambassadors were let go because their persons was regarded as sacred, and the goods of King Tarkin was given up for plunder to the people. Then the traitors were brought before the consuls, and the sight was such as to move all beholders to pity, for among them were the sons of Junius Brutus himself, the first consul, the liberator of the Roman people. And now all men saw how Brutus loved his country, for he bade the lictors put all the traitors to death, and his own sons first. And the men could mark in his place a struggle between his duty as a chief magistrate of Rome and his feelings as a father. And while they praised and admired him, they pitied him yet more. Then a decree of the Senate was made that no one of the blood of the Tarkins could remain in Rome. And since Colatinius, the consul, was by descent a Tarkin, even he was obliged to give up his office and return to Colatia. In his room, in his place, P. Valerius was chosen consul by the people. This was the first attempt to restore Tarkin the Proud, the last of the kings of Rome. When Tarkin saw that the plot at home had failed, he prevailed on the people of Tarkini and Veii to make war with him against the Romans. But the consuls came out against him, Valerius commanding the main army and Brutus the cavalry. And it chanced that Aruns, the king's son, led the cavalry of the enemy. When he saw Brutus, he spurred his horse against him, and Brutus declined not the, cam the combat. And so they rode straight at each other with leveled spears, and so fierce was the shock that they pierced each other through from breast to back, and both fell dead. Uh, my own comment, uh, you never see this kind of thing in the movies. I wonder, you know, the Game of Thrones people could have uh, used this in one of their scenes. Uh, imagine the joust where both spears glances go right through. Anyway, but the old Romans, they probably didn't have the armors that the medieval knights did. Back to the reading. Then also the armies fought, but the battle was neither won nor lost. But in the night, a voice was heard by the Etruscans, saying that the Romans were the conquerors. So the enemy fled by night, and when the Romans arose in the morning, there was no man to oppose them. And then they took up the body of Brutus, and departed home, and buried him in public with great pomp, and the matrons of Rome mourned him for a whole year, because he had avenged the injury of Lucretia. That's a previous story. And thus, the second attempt 
to restore kin, King Tarkin was frustrated. And that's the way it was in the city of Rome around the year 510 BC. Want the rest of the story? Go to historyweblog.com, click on the link Stories. They're in alphabetical order. Scroll down to Romans Established Republic. Related stories are at roman.historyweblog.com. Talk to you tomorrow.